0: Welcome to this week in location-based marketing with your hosts, Asif Khan and Aubriana Lopez. All right, we are back with your favorite podcast show of the week. This is this week in location-based marketing, episode number four hundred and seventeen. That's a big number. Aubriana, how are you today?
1: I'm awesome. <laughs> I am. I'm good. You know, I'm uh back in the swing of things, and uh, we had we had a holiday, and um, you know, so like last week, it's like you're always like trying to catch up when you have. It's great to have like a longer weekend, and then when you get back to work, you have like Monday and Tuesday combined, and then the rest of the week is just stressful. So, um, yeah, I feel like good this week. I'm I feel like I'm back to myself. How are you?
0: I'm good, and, and by the way, happy anniversary.
1: Oh yeah! Thanks, a dozen years, Mary. Can you believe it? Yeah, of course crazy. you can.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can. It's good. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, you know, uh, a little uh, d- didn't didn't like the uh, the Raptors game the other night. Got my hat on still though, so we're we're on our way to Golden State. Uh, we're gonna take it uh, tomorrow. I'm hoping over there. So, but yeah, things are good. It's starting to get warmer here uh, in Toronto, and uh, it's a, you know it's that busy little rush before the summer break, right? Like where everybody's trying to cram in events and um, kids are like crazy busy with like school tests, exams coming up and all kinds of things before they're out for their, their summer holidays. So yeah, it's a busy time, but uh, all good. We've got a good show uh, for you guys this week, three industry news stories, three member news stories and some feel good stuff in there as well. And uh, as usual, I'll let Aubriana kick it off.
1: I will. I was going to ask you before I kick it off. Do you have any travel coming up?
0: Uh, well, no, uh, not this month. Uh, so nothing in June. I, I I was supposed to be. We're supposed to be launching the the new chapter in Puerto Rico, but we've uh-huh. put that out to uh, August now. Okay. Uh, so, so maybe you can come, come in August. Uh,
1: yeah, that sounds like a horrible place to kick off a chapter. Um, I'll be at mobile connect in San Diego next week though. I think okay. it's uh June 10th through 12th. So if you're going to be there, hit me up, send me a tweet, send me a message on LinkedIn. You know how to find me. I'll be there.
0: Yeah. And uh, right. we, we do have a, uh, a chapter event in July coming up in uh, in Southern California and LA. Uh, We're doing a joint event with Gimbal, that's July 25th, Uh, so it's all on the LBMA website. Um, Yeah, but uh, there you go.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I'm kicking it off. All right. So first story is um, a company called 11X is teaming up with Skyhook. Um, And so 11X is Canada's leading full-service, low-power IoT solution provider and operator. I haven't heard of them before, but um, you know, I have definitely heard of Skyhook. If you don't know who Skyhook is, you should definitely look into them. They are really one of the early pioneers here in the location-based um, services space and um, really focused on positioning and, um, you know, like the largest world's largest independent Wi-Fi and cell based positioning system. I mean, that's a pretty big claim to fame. You don't really know about them. I think they're like the, they're the power behind a ton of, uh, big giants, um, and big tech companies, but they've been around for about 20 years. So, um, but what these two are doing now is they're blending two different technologies, Wi-Fi and low raw one, So that's L-O-R-A-W-A-N. So that's going to enable precise location services for low cost devices that can be used almost anywhere. So this is like a little bit past my my breadth of knowledge in terms of like location based services. But I dove in a little bit more and basically um, just dumbing it up for everybody here is that it's going to allow uh, companies to be more accurate efficient and have better scanning capabilities from Wi-Fi access points or for Wi-Fi access points so basically there's a lot of like really high cost um, uh, wireless tracking solutions that are out there right now and this is going to be a good um, option for that so uh, if you think of use cases that they'll be able to plug this in for I think of like tracking city assets so you have snow plows or um, I don't know what else kind of city assets you have, but what about like shared bikes and scooters that you have all over um, the Atlanta Beltline now or, you know, within different cities. Um, industrial assets or construction assets. So, like all this big, heavy equipment that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars, being able to track it and know where it is at all time. Construction fleets, different tools, merchandise, all these different things, you'll be able to track. Um, you know, with a more efficient um, and more efficient system that's more precise as well as being more cost effective. So, obviously, this makes sense. This is definitely more of a uh, like an enterprise play. Here and less effect, you know, less effect on us as consumers. But I still think this is really interesting. And what I like about Skyhook is that they have so many different implications of their of their data and their services. Um, you know, and they've been longtime friends of mine. Um, but Eleven X, I mean, hey, shout out to to Canada companies doing cool stuff with low raw one. I mean, it sounds like. Uh, some type of a film or something, but yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, so uh, these guys, Eleven uh, X, they're they're out of Waterloo. Uh, obviously, I'm uh, you know I've got a lot of love for for that area. It's where I went to university, University of Waterloo, um, and um, yeah, it's uh, I mean there's there's such great tech capability there. I mean it's it's Canada's MIT uh, school, if you will. Um, and uh, was the home of Blackberry, um, you know, um, came out of there and and so there's just a lot of uh, great capability in that region. Um, And to your point, I think this uh, combination between 11X and Skyhook, I think is is a really solid one. Um, When it comes to asset tracking, fleet tracking, you know, that type of stuff, you know, the solutions that are out there today are relatively expensive. Uh, they rely on you know, GPS uh, signals or uh, cellular uh, network triangulation or things like that. And what we're talking about here is low range uh, wide area network uh, scanning combining with uh, Skyhook's Wi-Fi capability um, to to essentially replicate or give you that same function that you would have with the other technologies, but doing it at a much lower uh, price point. Um, uh, and, and doing it in a, in a fairly sort of efficient, uh, you know, technology sort of, uh, uh, amalgamated way. So, you know, Skyhook, as you said, has been around a long time. We've, we've done lots of work with them over the years. Um, and, um, you know, they, when it comes to wifi, I mean, they're, they're pretty much the biggest player on the planet in terms of having access to, you know, Wi-Fi data and, and Wi-Fi tracking um, and monetization of of, the, of that location data. And so, you know, when you're talking about taking this technology and looking at a longer range extension of the Wi-Fi network in terms of pinpointing where things are, um, I think that makes sense. And, and even more so in this day and age, because as we've talked about a lot at the LBMA, and we talked at, at our uh, just uh, recently passed a retail local conference back in april um you know about kind of this growing wave of a lot of the companies that, that we've kind of grown up with over the last 10 years members of the lbma and such that have built their businesses on marketing and advertising are now kind of saying okay well what other revenue streams are there where do we find you know new business and a lot of that is coming in smart cities government you know, industrial applications, you know, manufacturing applications, things like that. And I think this type of, of a solution, uh, Skyhook, who's a company who's, you know, done well in marketing and advertising, uh, you, you know, kind of speaks to kind of that opportunity that we see moving forward and, and it's a theme that we're seeing within the LBMA, uh on a much bigger scale right now. So I like it.
1: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, a long time ago when I went and I was able to do that video tour with our member company, um, Acuity Brands, Mm -hmm. and they had all these different, um, it was just really cool, like the whole environment there they've built to show off all their technology. And so one of the things that they have is within healthcare. So knowing like where patients are, where the equipment is, um, different things like that. And so this is almost like that was more of like an indoor approach and this is like an outdoor approach, right? So how do you find things that are that have the ability to move like equipment or construction things um at a large scale? And so, you know, kind of taking that from an outside approach obviously is necessary. And um, I mean, I don't know how often like machinery or snow plows go missing versity, but um, you know, in Atlanta, that would be really important for the one snow we get a year and the one snow plow we have. We need to make sure we we know where it is, because <laughs> there is one for like the whole city. I'm pretty sure. Um, okay. But you know, for like uh, you know, larger cities and and smart cities, like the the way that we're going, this technology makes sense. So um, I'm glad they're rolling it out now. It seems like a very opportune time to be doing that.
0: Yeah, in your case, it's more like the lawn mowers, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right okay on to our second story now um shifting completely uh out of uh asset tracking and uh long-range wi-fi into uh our friends at ncr uh the digital banking uh unit over there uh has teamed up with uh safe credit union that's exactly like it sounds s-a-f-e credit union they're out of uh sacramento california and um, they're a fairly big organization, a uh, three billion dollar financial institution, and they're using NCR's uh, new suite of—it's uh, called NCR's Promotion Suite Premium. It's—it's uh, it's basically their digital banking transformation toolset, and uh, a big part of that is location-based services. And so. They're basically using uh, the platform to uh, promote a cashback rewards program um, that is centered around push notifications. And and so these are geo-targeted push notifications. Um, And uh, so far in in the early uh, going and testing of this, they've seen a 30% conversion rate, uh, increased engagement, higher card spend. Um, So basically members of the credit union receive a location-based in-app message Uh, from SAFE uh, and it highlights whatever the giveaway is uh, and and they're doing this uh, when people are going to sporting events and and other things Um, Yeah, and and so I think you know, it's interesting right because as I said, we talk a lot about this thing in traditional retail Hospitality restaurant industry stuff and the financial services is yet another market where we're starting to see increased engagement and traction around uh, location based services and so you know the uh, the push uh, notification piece it, it, it combines geofencing it's got beacons built into there uh, campaign management app messaging uh, it's even got a secure chat feature uh, in their in their suite of tools so I like that a credit union or a financial institution in general is starting to kind of see the benefits of engaging their customers, especially a credit union because you tend to have a much more loyal uh, you know a loyalty kind of affinity with your customers and your brand uh, in credit unions uh, than in traditional banks uh, I would say, and um, yeah I mean it's almost like you know you're part of the part of the business, so there you go.
1: Yeah, I like this story because I think that it's really hard to do loyalty or rewards successfully at scale. And the fact that a credit union is coming along and doing this, um, I think it just is um, kind of an eye opener for the financial industry. Because I think of, you know, I bank with Bank of America, for example. And I know there's rewards and cash back rewards, but none of them are ever um, incentivized a timely manner or in a way that I would be like oh yes let me go out of my way to go here to get 5% back or whatever it may be Mm. Um, so the fact that they're seeing that that huge number of increased spend and um, what was that 30% or something is like really um, amazing and obviously they they kind of have this system that's working um, and providing the context of when their consumers are in a place that they can get those rewards so I think that's super Mm -hmm yeah all right um albert hein is that how you say that yeah
0: that's you guys okay. we'll that.
1: all right look at that all right so uh supermarket sweep story here okay so albert hein is a grocery store uh, supermarket and they are um, trying to decrease the amount of wasted food that they have they have discovered that one per- percent of all they threw away one uh, percent of unsold products because they were past their expiration date so big problem right that's um a lot of wasted food number one uh it's also a lot of uh wasted potential revenue uh number two and what uh, they amounted this to was 63 million kilograms of wasted food which is a nearly 140 million pounds in a year of food that's insane i don't know how many stores that was across but that amount is just um it's crazy to me. So what they've done is they've created this thing called dynamic discounts. And what happens is as the S expiration date nears, the discount grows. So the system basically is calculating um a discount typically ranging between 10 to 60 percent and it's based on various factors like what's the weather like how much stock is there what are the historical sales of this product it takes all of that into co- uh, all of that into consideration in its algorithm and then it discounts the price slowly so it's uh they're experimenting with this in their zandvoort store for two months and then depending on the results they're going to roll it out to the rest of um, the other stores that they have. So they're working with this company based out of that started in Israel. It's called Wasteless and they're focused on dynamic pricing. Obviously um, great name says exactly what they do, but uh, they saw an 89% less food waste in an Italian supermarket that they worked with, uh, which is crazy numbers, right? Less. That's yeah. almost like ni- you know 90% less food waste is amazing. So uh, what I like about this is, a couple of things. One, I like that they give this company is in essence giving consumers who may be a little bit more budget conscious the ability to shop things that are going to expire that day and save more. Um it also is a great way from a revenue perspective and a business perspective to say hey, it's not like, you know, it's like a an airline, right? If they don't fill up that seat before the flight takes off, like they lose that that potential revenue so it's not something that they can get money on later on down the road Um, it's not like it's an actual good that's never going to expire so because of that i really like the idea that they're trying to think of how do we increase revenue but still obviously like move this food out without it wasting. So I, I like all of this. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that there should be 0% food waste because, uh, let's be real. If you get to the day that a food is going to expire, then I think you should just be giving it to like a local food kitchen or charity or something like that. But other than that, um, I'm, I'm down with this. I think this is a great idea. And, uh, I think it's really important from, from all angles.
0: Yeah, I, I I think this is a great story. First of all, and I think uh, what Waste List is, is doing, um, you know, to 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 solve this problem that we have uh, throwing away that much food, uh, you know, is is uh, there's nothing good about that, right? Uh, and and if you can't give it away, uh, and I know here in Canada, for example, uh, in Toronto, there there are issues with that in terms of uh, liability issues and other things um, that you know, limit what you can do, but there are solutions out there. And I think, uh, the smarter, uh, supermarket chains are figuring it out. And I think Albert Hein is, uh, you know, is one of those that's embracing technology to solve this. Um, uh, there's, so I looked it up while you were talking, there's, there's over a thousand, uh, Albert Hein stores in uh, the Netherlands. Um, so, so, you know, it's a pretty, pretty big footprint. Um, and, you know, and I think this whole idea of dynamic pricing when it comes to food Uh, And especially perishable items makes a ton of sense, right? Um, You know, if you can have dynamic pricing be kind of the just the the way we do business in travel uh, and hospitality uh, Today and and the airlines and the hotel chains have shown us how well that works um, I think it makes sense to do this in food and um, And uh, I I remember I was two years ago. I was uh, speaking at a conference uh, somewhere in the States I don't remember where now um, and one of the other speakers was the uh, chief Marketing officer of Chobani uh, the uh, the yogurt brand, and they were talking about this like so they're they're actually uh, building their own um, platform, if you will, like their display unit in in grocery with uh, digital price labels, and they wanted to play around with this idea of dynamic pricing where if the yogurt is fresh, it costs more, and if it 's you know about to go it 's costing less. Uh, and you know and if there's only a little bit left it might cost more and and you know if, if they've just fully restocked it might cost less you know and, and so all these things that factor into uh, you know what pricing looks like and demand uh, you know if it's hot and sunny outside and, and, and you know versus if it's cold and all those kinds of things like that, that can drive dynamic pricing so it's not just is the thing going bad I think there's a lot of other factors that you can weigh into this but I think the bottom line is solving a core problem like food waste and throwing out stuff, uh, like they're doing here and using platforms like wasteless make a ton of sense. So yeah, there you go. That's our three industry news stories for this week. All right. So we are going to shift over now to our member news and, uh, I will kick that off. Uh, our first story is a big story uh, this week, and I think Abriana uh, will probably have a lot to say about this uh, because it, it's it's one that I think makes a lot of sense and yet at the same time, um, you know, you wonder how it's gonna play out, right? And so what we're talking about here is Foursquare, uh, long time, you know, one of the early pioneers in, in the location industry uh has acquired Placed from Snap. Uh so you might remember two years ago now, uh Snap went out and bought uh Placed, which is a location analytics and attribution company, uh, for somewhere between 125, 135 million dollars. Uh this is uh David shim's company out of uh out of Seattle. And um you know they were also uh, had been around for for quite a number of years and had built themselves as, as kind of the one of the core uh, location-based attribution platforms uh, on the planet. And, uh, Foursquare, uh, you know, been around since 2009, actually started, uh, right around the same time that the LBMA started and, um, within a month of each other. And, um, you know, they, uh, you know, they're a company that has gone through a lot of shifts over the last, you know, 10 years. Right. So, you know, you have a company that, uh, you know, started off with check ins and, and then evolved in, in 2014 to split into two apps uh, where they went to Foursquare and then Swarm. Um, and then, you know, in the last couple of years have kind of shifted, you know, more into the location analytics space and the attribution space, kind of putting them in direct competition with Placed. Um, now, when Snap uh, acquired Placed, they kept it separate. They maintained, uh, you know, it as a separate uh, entity, and it kind of did its own thing and operated as it always had, for obviously providing some services to, to the Snapchat platform as well in terms of at- attribution. But uh, here we go now, kind of what we're probably the two biggest competitors on the location analytics attribution side, um, you know, now coming together in this acquisition. So, Foursquare went out. They announced this week they've raised 150 million dollars um, coming from, uh, the rain group. And, uh, we don't know how much, but we assume the bulk of that is going to fund this acquisition of placed. And, uh, so David, uh, who was the CEO, founder and CEO of place is now joining Foursquare, uh, his executive team, I believe as president. And, um, yeah, um, there's a lot behind the scenes here. I think Brianna, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think there's a ton going on. So, um, you know, what I felt what was really interesting is that, like you mentioned, when when Snap had acquired Placed, they were um, operate placed, continued to operate as a separate entity. Um, what this makes me think is that, one, it, it makes, the question arises in my mind, is Snap abandoning their attribution, you know, I guess, proposal or uh value proposition to their advertising clients um or are they going to continue to be able to license the place technology um i'm not sure um so that's a question obviously i'm sure that was probably in the fine print of this deal um i would imagine that they would still be able to utilize the technology as long as they are not selling it to any other you know brands or whatever, because that's what Foursquare wants to do, right? Mm. So Foursquare obviously wants to come in and um, not only sell the location data to the brands and retailers, but they also want to be able to report on the efficacy of it um, with the attribution play here by placed. Um, I I do kind of question how this is going to play out because as we know, and as we have seen over the many years um, I haven't seen Foursquare be super uh, dominant in any one area. Um, I think the one thing that Foursquare has going for them is they have a ton of data um, available to them and um, location data. My question is, is as people have stopped using Foursquare, how up-to-date is that? How does that data continue to be um, be uh, relevant? Because obviously I think that the – the Foursquare check-in and everything has obviously declined. So unless they're continuing to, um, you know, unless they're continuing to be, I guess, iterative and maybe licensing other third-party data to amplify that. I don't know. I have a lot of questions here. I feel like I'm not sure how this is going to play out. There's a lot of things that come to my mind, but um, I think that Foursquare has the opportunity to do something good here with attribution. I I just think it's going to be like a time will tell, type of thing, because we expected big things from placed with Snap, and I don't know that we really saw anything incredible happen.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, David Shim will become president uh, at at Foursquare. Uh, Jeff uh, Gluck will remain as uh, CEO at Foursquare. Um, And, um, you, you know, I think one of the questions for me is, is both of these guys have Lots of brands uh, in their in their client uh, stable right now, right? So, um, you know, and uh, and Foursquare, you know, has started to in the last couple of years, anyways, generate revenue from their location data, you know, sort of back end services. So they sit behind empowering, you know, uh, apps like Uber and Twitter and and other and others. Um, and so, one of the things I wonder about is, is okay, fine. We, we've acquired Place, and we've got you know access to that to that technology, to that platform, to their customer base. Um, but what is is there a relationship that remains? It, it is the question for me between Snap now and this new Foursquare Place combination? And what does that relationship look like? Because you have, you know, uh, Foursquare has something like a hundred million. Devices in in the U.S. that they're accessing monthly. Uh, My understanding from the latest numbers I saw is Snap has 186 million daily active users on on Snapchat. Um, So, you know, is there a mashup between those two uh, in some way or form, right? And because so, in other words, is Snap still using Placed now that it's part of FourSquare for attribution?
1: Uh, I would say one key that you could pay attention to is if you are a Foursquare and Snap user, um, have there been any privacy policy updates in the last?
0: <laughs> right. right.
1: Or is that coming? Check it uh, out. And that's a tell all. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll answer that question for you.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, so, so I, I think this is one that we'll have to watch closely. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think it would have been what would have been interesting for me is not just a four square acquisition of place but a four square snap merger oh. <laughs> right that would have been something right um, i don't
1: know that i don't think that's ever going to happen but yeah. yeah that would have been super interesting
0: yeah so big. so we'll see we'll see how 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 this continues to play out but uh, there's got to be a ongoing relationship i think uh, on the attribution side for snap here i agree
1: all right, so much to come there. I'm sure we'll be talking about that story and, and things of that, that kind of sprout from that here in the future. But moving on to our second story, um, Grand Visual, member company Grand Visual, has teamed up with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So we've got some philanthropy, some charitable things going on here, in digital out of home. And I love this story. This is uh, gets my vote for best story. This week, although there's been some good ones, um, but this one definitely gave me the feels and some chills. And um, so they've they've teamed up with ad agency MHVCCP, and they've launched this national campaign called Runaway Train 25. So what it is is that um, there's like a search for missing children in the U.S. And there's more than 450 digital billboards um, that are across, you know, the the standard digital billboards that you see, like, big as you're driving by, as well as in transit. So buses, trains, all of those things, um, those screens. And this was leading up to May 25th, which apparently was National Missing Children's Day. You know, it's crazy to me that, like, that gets less press than, like, National Donut Day. But anyways, that's Besides the point. So this was organized by the Home Ad- Advertising Association of America and obviously produced by Grand Visual. So across 40 states and a lot of major cities, they ran these ads of, of missing children. Um, they used Open Loop to take the data feed from the, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And they took this data feed and they published each missing child based upon the region. Um, so they used the geolocation aspect of it and they published those ads where, near, or where they went missing. Um, so, you know, in Atlanta, they were running ads for children who went missing in the Atlanta area, same thing in Chicago. Um, so the, what I really like about this though, I was like a little confused when I was first reading the story, but then I went and checked it out and I actually had this whole experience myself and, um, was like fighting tears. But so Runaway 20, Train 25 is actually a music video that's being distributed. It's being promoted in conjunction with this whole initiative. So it's, um, Jamie in Commons, Skylar Gray, also featuring Galan and it was directed by RSA films and, um, Jake Scott. So the music video is using geotargeting. So when you go to go to Runaway Train25, the number 25.com and you can actually see um, this music video. So it's a uh, it remember that song Runaway Train mm-hmm. that came out a long time ago. It's a remake of that. But now when you watch this music video on that site, it actually is using your geolocation to show you the, uh, you know, the children that are in the area where you are watching the video from. So when I watched the video, um, you know, I was seeing children that had all gone missing from the Atlanta area. Um, and it was just really like, inspiring I mean obviously sad but and and the reality of it is very heavy but you know I think that the message that it it is sharing and showing you is that you know have you seen these these children can you report anything and there is a call to action so I love this uh, blend of obviously charity doing good calling the community's attention to something that is directly affecting them uh, making it geolocation and contextually relevant to the viewer who is actually looking at it. So I love the implementation of the technology um, and the need here. And I think that this is like an awesome collaboration between all of these parties. So I love it.
0: I love it too. I, th- I think it's amazing. Hold on, I just I, I, I just looked up the, uh, the song for those who were. Can you hear that?
1: That's the original.
0: All right, that's Runaway Train, if you don't remember the song, or you didn't grow up in the, uh, weren't around in the 90s, like us. So, uh, yeah, Soul Asylum, there you go. All
1: the babies that are, that are watching this. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, you know, I, I love this stuff, right? And I love that uh, the industry, the out-of-home industry in particular, uh, you know, embraces these types of charitable um you know partnerships right and uh, this is one that I think uh, you know works so well uh, when it comes to location-based marketing and advertising and using screens to engage with people based on kids who've gone missing in those areas uh, and then tying this to an online experience as well um, you know with the video with the music video is brilliant right I, I love that it's it's multi-channel and, and streamed in that way um, you know, I, the numbers are staggering. 25,000 cases of missing children, right? Uh, these guys have covered. Uh, it, it, it's it, it's crazy, right? Uh, and I like that they're doing this across the board. It's, you know, in 40 states uh, that they're doing this with. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot more to add to this because I, I think it, it's so powerful on its own. It's so self-explanatory uh, in terms of what they're doing and, um, and I think you know, the only thing I would say as an industry as the location-based marketing association you know, uh, to our members, uh, you know, uh, make sure that uh, you open up your platforms and you find ways to give back and you find ways to you know, use your technology for good. Um, as well as obviously making money, and, and there's got to be a double bottom line to everything that we do. Um, and uh, so, I, I just I applaud the uh, the out of home industry uh, for for this initiative, uh, and uh, and the association, uh, the the OAAA, uh, for putting this together, and um, and good on the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children for uh, for seeing the opportunity and working with them. So that's it.
1: Go check it out. Runaway train 25.com.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, soul asylum, you know, it's time for a new <laughs> album. Let's go back on tour. Yeah. I mean, everybody else is doing it. Abba's back. I mean, come on.
1: This is true.
0: All right. We our final story. For album.
1: This
0: week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So our final story for this week, uh, Wendy's, uh, uh, is teaming up with Gas Buddy, uh, a, a great LBMA member out of the uh, Boston area. And so uh, they launched this campaign around the Memorial Day weekend, which just happened. And um, so they have on Gas Buddy a new feature called Badges. And so Badges alert drivers to nearby amenities as you're traveling, including restaurants and hotels. They feature, uh, it, it basically uses the GPS um, you know, within the app. Uh, first-party data uh, to connect to the apps users Um, and and then it's basically got all the Wendy's locations kind of uh, stored in there Uh, and then so when you're kind of searching for your cheapest gas on gas buddy and you know you're you're going to fill up it also will pop up obviously where the closest Wendy's is uh, to where you you are and where you're going Um, they can deliver promotional messages they can deliver deals um, and, uh, you know, I, I, for, for me, this is an absolute must kind of feature, uh, when you, when you're talking about a platform like Gas Buddy. obviously, you know, we recently talked about what Waze was doing, uh, with Burger King in Mexico city as part of the traffic jam promotion. Um, and, and I think, you know, th- this is the kind of thing that, especially when you're, you know, it's a, it's a long weekend, people are traveling, going to visit family you know, the summer vacation mode is coming, um, you know, you're, you're on the road trip, right? This is where these kinds of things become critical. Right. And so I think the timing is really good for the launch of this. I think that, uh, you know, Wendy's is, it it is a big popular brand. Um, I know one of the pop-ups they're running, uh, promote say Wendy's 50 cent frosty shake. Um, you know, so those are the kinds of things where, you know, you're on that road trip, you've been driving for a few hours, the kids are screaming in the back, you know, up pops the badge with, you know, the 50 cent frosty offer. Why not, right? If it's going to calm them down for another 20 minutes. So, uh, you know, it's the kind of thing that I think has potential for for good success and, and, and good response rates. Um they, they did have a number in here, which I thought was really interesting. They said that two thirds uh sixty percent of people trying to decide where to eat only use their mobile device to guide, uh, only use their mobile device to guide their decision. That's coming from Facebook research, and then the survey that they did said seventy five percent of those people had not decided where to eat when they started their search. Uh, suggesting that restaurant ads on Gas Buddy could significantly drive traffic. So, uh, so the numbers certainly, anecdotally, uh, from the, the you know the preliminary research, anyways, uh, that justified this, are are solid and good. And we'll see where the results come out. Um, you know, I guess towards the end of the summer.
1: Yeah, I would also say that probably seventy-five percent of those people who had not decided where to eat were uh, female. Just a guess. <laughs> You know, we're a little indecisive. I need to see pictures. I need <laughs> options. Okay. I need to know everything before I make my decision.
0: Come on, a 50 cent frosty to keep Coco quiet for a minute. No?
1: Yeah, we'll see. Um, okay. So I do like the contextual relevance of this partnership. Um, like you mentioned, Memorial Day, a lot of people are traveling back on Memorial Day from their weekend. And so they are probably saying, Hey, let's get gas and get food at the same time. It makes sense. Um, I do feel like this may have fallen a little flat for me just because we have seen this before. And a lot of people are using something like, you know, Waze or Google maps or Apple maps or whatever to navigate them. And so um, the reach may have been a little bit smaller and uh, you know, this is a feature that that's been out with some other platforms for a while. And so um, that's my concern, but I do think that, gas buddy for the most part is trying to be uh, trying to iterate trying to be more relevant and so I like that I am expecting more from them to come
0: there you go you know and and for me it speaks to you know and we had this again as a as a major theme at at the retail local conference which is this this growing you know, sense uh, uh, of the connected car, right? And that being a huge part of location-based marketing, we've seen all kinds of in-car embedded in navigation systems, embedded in, in in car systems. Honda's doing a lot of work. Toyota's doing a lot of work. GM, you know, has all kinds of integration going on directly in there. You know, you've got Apple CarPlay yeah, stuff happening. So I think, you know, uh, Gas Buddy has a role to play in that. And, uh, and uh, this is a good step in the right direction around that. So I like it. And, um, yeah, we'll see where it goes. So that's our show.
1: Get a frosty.
0: Yeah. Get a frosty for 50 cents. Uh, you know, get on gas, buddy, find the offer, go, go check it out. Um, you know, there's lots of missing children out there. Um, you know, find a, find an ad, go listen to the runaway train, uh, 25 video, uh, and see if uh, maybe you spotted somebody and you can help with that. Uh, that's really important stuff and uh, some other interesting technology news, um, you know, low range Wi-Fi and Skyhook and uh, all kinds of crazy good stuff going on. So um, you've been listening to episode number 417 of This Week in Location-Based Marketing. Of course, we will be back next week with yet another show. Uh, In the meantime, if you have feedback, criticism, story ideas, we wanna hear about it all, uh, the contact information is at the end of the show. Uh, or you can easily find us on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all those kinds of things. So, uh, yeah, let us know, um, reach out to us and, uh, in the meantime, have a great week, everybody and go Raptors go. (laughs) Bye. Bye.